welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm just so glad to see you all again. And um, those of you watching our online community, uh, it's good to be back. But I want to take you back uh, to October 25th because I got this awful email from Pastor Dan, okay? I want to read it to you verbatim. This is what he said to me last year. He said, just a heads up, which is always kind of like, okay, what, what's a heads up about? Just a heads up. We seem to be getting a freak early snow this Friday. So you'll be landing Saturday, most likely with snow on the ground and a high temperature of 32 degrees. Sunday, it will be, wait for it, 11 degrees as low and 33 as a high. This is very, very unusual for us at the time of this year, but usually we are around the high 40s and 50s, but just want to give a heads up. Now, here's the thing about it. It was 74 degrees back in Phoenix. I was freezing, but it's good to be with you. I'm so glad to be back, and uh, I'm excited about this series we're going through. And, I, and the title of the message is, When Insiders and Christians Get in the Way. Now, uh, I want to go back to what pa Pastor Dad shared, because I know he asked you all, like, hey, what makes you mad? What things make you mad? I believe you guys over here said laziness makes you mad, right? Laziness, right. You guys said laziness. And then when he asked this group, this side of the room, like, hey, what makes you all mad? You said, uh, I believe you said pedophiles make you mad, Okay, and then and then one of y'all yelled out something. I want to really pray for you. You said when your wife tells you what to do. Okay, if you're a man here, I, I want to just pray for you because you don't do that. You don't talk about your wife like that, okay? So there's a men's ministry here. We'd love for you to be a part of that. But um, there's a lot of things we get mad at, right? We get a lot about a mad, uh, we get mad very often. And there's things that we get mad at that maybe Jesus doesn't get mad about. There are things that we get mad about, things that maybe he, we should be mad about. But we have a lot of different things. And so going through this series about what made Jesus mad is helping us understand a broader perspective of how we should live our lives. And so our passage uh, is going to be out of Mark chapter 11. I'll be there in just a moment. Mark chapter 11, verse 15. So you can hold your space there. But um, we have a really cool thing because we have so many different things that we do. And here's the thing. The reality is we get in the way and people who deny or hinder access to God make Jesus angry. And we need to talk about this. And I'm excited about being here today. And, uh, and maybe you heard about this thing called um, NCAA basketball. Maybe you heard of it. And uh, maybe you heard of it about this thing called March Madness. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, it, it's kind of exciting. And uh, I'm a football guy. I coached, uh, like I told you guys last time back in October, I'm a football guy. I coached high school football for eight years. By the way, we were state champions one year. And so um, that's just humble brag. But I like watching high school. I like watching NCAA basketball. It's a blast to watch. It's a blast to be a part of. It's just one of those things that's so cool. All the upsets because my brackets are busted. I mean, every team that I thought was going to be playing against the Zags is not even going to be there to play against the Zags. And I, can I get a, a hello for the Zags? Come on now. I thought I was in Spokane, okay? I thought I was there. But one thing about basketball that's so unique, it's a discipline that every coach tells a player. It's a discipline that's so important. It's called boxing out. When you box out, what you're doing, you're keeping your opponent from getting to the basket or getting to the ball. Boxing out is great in NCAA basketball, but it has no place in the kingdom of God. We don't want to box people out. 
We don't want to box people out because boxing out is something we don't want to do. So here's the thing I want to really understand. When we box people out, we deny those on the outside access to God. And it's important. It's not entirely our fault, right? Because right now, uh, I, I could break out my phone, and I could, with my phone, I could turn the lights on back in Phoenix. I could turn them on, turn them off, freak out my daughters. I could do that. Uh, I, I could set the alarm, and I could make the illusion by setting the alarm and turn the lights on and turn the lights off that I am there. I could keep people out by having the illusion of something going on in the inside. Now, that works for my home security system, but it doesn't work in the kingdom of God. We have this situation where we need to understand that we're not called to do that. We're not called to keep people out. Boxing people out is boxing God's children out. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of turbulence, okay? The, little, the, the pastor has turned on the, the seatbelt sign because you're going to experience a little turbulence. And you may be mad at me. And, and if you get really mad at me, you can email me at uh, dan.shields at vrlchurch.com. <laughs> Um, but I just, w- I want to ask you some questions that you may experience a little bit of turbulence. You may experience a little bit of kind of like, oh, I can't believe you said that. But I want to challenge you with things about where you're at. So here's the question. Who are you boxing out? Who are you boxing out? Who, 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 keeps, who, keep, who are you keeping out? Is it someone who doesn't live where you live? Is it someone who doesn't vote how you voted? Yeah, I told you turbulence. Someone who doesn't look like you, someone who doesn't like the things, someone who watches that news show that you abhor, you, the one you hate, do you keep them out? Someone who doesn't act the way you do, who you disagree with, those people, that if they came in the church right now and sat down right next to you, if they came to your house right now, those of you watching online, knock on your door and say, hey, I want to watch church with you, you'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not like me. You don't see things like I see things. You don't look like me. You don't talk like me. You don't behave like me. You don't vote like me. So therefore, I'm going to box you out because it's scary because you're different. See, that's the thing we got to understand. Deep down inside, we have this worthiness kind of perspective. Pastor Dan talked about it, that we become legalistic. We begin to say when we begin to make rules and things. And now we begin to say, who am I boxing out? What am I doing? What am I giving? What am I denying access to? How about the person that you felt wronged by? How about that person who's done wrong to you? Uh-oh, yeah, he said it. The person who posted something about you you didn't care for. That person who did something that made you look bad to your friends, you know, that person, do you want to box them out? Do you want to prevent them from experiencing God? I don't want them here is what you may be thinking. And that makes Jesus angry. Everything in you wants to box them out. Seatbelt sign is still on. There's more. When you come come into a room and you begin to say, I can't believe what they're wearing. I can't believe they got that shirt on. Can you believe they did that in church? Can you believe what that person posted? Can you believe what kind of music they listen to? Are you boxing someone out? Now, um, seatbelt lights off now. 
I want to talk about Texans. Okay, so Texans, I lived in Texas for four years. My wife and I lived there, and it was a lot of fun, but Texans are so beautiful with their words because there are certain words that Texans use that have another meaning. So here's what I mean. A Texan will say, oh, bless his heart. It just sounds so sweet, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, bless his heart. You know what that means? That person's an idiot. <laughs> it just has a good ring. And, and here's another one they say like, okay, oh, you sweet boy. It sounds so nice, right? It means you're an idiot. <laughs> and Texas can make it sound so sweet. So in church, we have words and we have phrases. We have things that don't mean to be harm, but they are harmful. No matter how we say it, we need to understand and check our hearts what's going on deep down inside. No matter what we say. See, so often we have these things, we have this poem. See, here's my point. When you see God's children as less, you are thinking less of God's children. When you begin to say those things, it's so subtle, I know, but it's our language. It's such to understand what I want to hope you hear here today is that God wants all of his children to come into his presence. We need to watch our language. We can't be and see the church as a health club, an elite health club at that that we are able to say that elite, like-minded, where similar people gather, where everyone thinks the same and does the same and looks the same and acts the same, that's not the kingdom of God. And Jesus got mad about that when we think like that. So let's look at our passage here. Mark chapter 11, verse 15 through 17, it says this. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people, buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of money changers and the cheers of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it to a den of thieves. Something was happening that Jesus did not want to see happen. He was upset. He was saying, this clearly is not okay. He saw this as a house of prayer. It is sacred. It's transformational. This gathering that he saw was very important. And the place we come in a place different from that was not okay with him. And it made him mad. When we think that Jesus loves us more than others, we have misrepresented Jesus. When we begin to think like what we want to do, how we want to do things, we're misrepresenting Jesus. And this is the thing where God saw things one way and we see another way and we're misrepresenting who Jesus is. We are all God's children. We are made in the image of God. Here's the thing. The church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. No matter how crazy things get, no matter how frustrated things get around us, no matter how devices we get, the church is the answer. Know that. The church is here to help. The church is here to give hope. The church is here to give the promise. The church is here to make a difference and to serve all mankind. And I hope you feel that weight. We're not supposed to be like the things on the outside. God wants us to be different. We're set apart. We're sanctified. We have a purpose. God says, what goes on outside, I don't want to happen going on inside. And that's what was going on. They were bringing the outside stuff inside. And Jesus was not okay with that. Now, here's the thing. The church is where everyone is welcome. More on that later, but just, just look at that for a moment. The church is where everyone is welcome. 
Look back at that last verse. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned to a den of thieves. Why do you say a den of thieves? Why do you say that? Because you were robbing. You were robbing my children of my goodness, my grace, my love, my access. You were boxing my children out, and I want them to come to me. Don't keep people out. We often think that the church is a place of comfort and convenience and accommodation. That could be so far from what we've been called to be. It gets uncomfortable, but it's an invitation. We're a place where people could gather together. The church is where everyone is welcome, but no one is comfortable. Where everyone is welcome, no one's comfortable. Everyone's welcome. Come as you are. But have we turned it into, have we, have we changed that? Come as you are. But have we turned it to church into to come as we are? See, you're welcome here if you see things exactly the way I see it. If you wear things that I wear. If you vote how I vote. If you have things on your line like I have, if you watch the same things I do, my movies, my songs, my way, no way. That's wrong. That's wrong. Here's the thing. There's an old adage I learned in seminary. There's this behave, belong, become. Maybe you've heard of it. Behave, belong, become. And it's, it's so selling when you rearrange those things, especially when you say in order, if you, in order to you to become, in order for you to belong, you must first behave. So let's look at this again. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. All nations. See, one of the many dangers of the church, one of the many dangers of the church is this. is like we think that when we get to heaven, it's going to be a, an American dialect spoken in heaven. Only an American dialect. That's dangerous. Like we're going to show up and say like, okay, uh, USA, USA. God's like, no, this is the, ki- this is the kingdom. You know, I look around, everyone, all nations, all nations. That means everybody. This is the kingdom of God is an invitation. The kingdom of God is bigger than we are. And we so much think small and begin to say like, man, this is what it's all about. Everybody is welcome to the kingdom of God. When we box his people out, it makes Jesus angry. When we bring our biases, our hiccups, our hangups, our opinions, our obstacles, we get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. We miss and we find ourselves being petty and little. See, I know y'all are really good at this up here in the Northwest, but back in Phoenix, we got issues. The sun makes us a little crazy. We get, we get a little, tri- we're trite and we're, we're, we're just a mess. We begin to judge and we begin to look down on people who don't see things. We become, have barriers. Wait, where, where are you from? Well, no, I don't want you. Oh, that person's here. Oh my goodness. What's happening to the church? It's going crazy. We get like that sometimes. But God is here to be the hope and he wants us to live out that hope. We like being comfortable. We like all those kind of things. And God wants to do something amazing with us. Jesus was about breaking down these barriers. But we can't miss what else happens here. Look what it says in verse 18. When the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were amazed at his teaching. See, we're not designed for comfort. We're designed for commitment. I know you know this. This is something we, it costs us something though. Following God, wait for it, 
is uncomfortable. We forget that, right? See, we have this like, but I want my, but what about, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I feel this, this is my own opinion, okay, this is for free. But I, I, I just believe that when we get to heaven, if we're able to have conversations with, with other people of other parts of the world and what they've gone through, we're going to be kind of embarrassed as Americans, I think. It's like, hey, uh, so how was it like being an American Christian? Well, we got kind of made fun of and someone honked at me because I had a little fish on the back and I had to wear this mask at church and it was really, really tough for me. <laughs> you know, it's just like, we're so, we're so small. You got, and imagine a pro, someone who's died for their faith. Oh, you got made fun of? Oh, gosh, I really hope you're okay. <laughs> I died for my faith. My family was, my family, my village I lived in, we died because of what we believe in, and we're just so petty. We don't like discomfort. It costs us something to follow God. See, God is not. He's bigger than we are. He wants to do something incredible. God wants us to want others to come into his presence, to be exposed to his life-changing reality of Jesus Christ. The church is the hope. My favorite author, I, she is, she's, she's Rachel Held Evans. I know I shared some things from her book last time I was here, but I want to share with you again. This is a mad thing about comfort and, and welcoming everybody. She said this, imagine if every church became a place where everyone is safe, but no one is comfortable. Imagine if every church became a place where we told one another the truth, we might just create sanctuary. I love that. I love that. Well, we can tell each other the truth, but we create sanctuary. See, what does this require of us? What does this do to us? We, we don't use that word sanctuary often. We don't use it very often. Think about it. it, it it's, in its original meaning, it's a sacred place. It's a place of safety. I love the visual that comes to mind. A place of safety, a place of refuge, a place of goodness, a place of grace, a place of purpose, a place of call in its presence. That's sanctuary. And what a beautiful opportunity we have now. Palm Sunday, the beginning of an incredible week. An incredible week in Jesus' ministry. Palm Sunday, Jesus coming in and he wanted to do something incredible. He began to really say, this is the week that changes everything. And we have an incredible opportunity this time of the year as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ next weekend. It's an incredible historical moment that changed everything. But imagine a place where all of God's children are invited and welcomed and loved into the kingdom of God. And you guys watching online, you ain't off the hook. This is incredible because now there's even more opportunity to invite. If somebody says, hey, um, I don't like going to church, come to my house. We'll go to the coffee shop. I got a phone right here. I got a smart TV right here. You could do it right here. In fact, share others, share it right now on the chat. Share how you're going to invite people in your neighborhood to be a part of the online community. This is an incredible way. So you ain't off the hook. If they don't want to come here, it's too crowded. Hey, cut them out. I got plenty of room. We got goldfish for communion. But imagine a place where everyone's welcome, a place of sanctuary where we can invite people. Now, here's an interesting quote. We talked about this back in Phoenix, that this is something that, what does God love and hope? Some research tells us that 75 to 80% of people will come to an Easter service if they are invited. 
75 to 80% of people come to church if they're invited. What an incredible, incredible opportunity. So here's the deal. This is no surprise. 2020 and so far in 2021, it's not been fun. We've all experienced some kind of pain in some kind of way. It's produced a lot of hurt, a lot of people struggling, a lot of people looking for something. The world is dark. The world is overwhelming. But you know what? With this darkness, with this pain, with this suffering, with this doubt, with this confusion, you know what I'm going to say? It's an opportunity for the light to shine. See, when things are going well, talk about the good, the good old days. If I could turn back time to the good old days, you know, that kind of thing, where everything's wonderful, people ain't thinking about nothing. They're doing well. But when people are messed up, when people are messed up, man, it's a great opportunity to be truly the light in the darkness. But something else happened before we celebrate on Easter Sunday, which I know we all can relate to. The Friday before, on a cross, Jesus gave his life. It was rough. It was dark. It was ominous. It was a horrific event that Jesus went through for us. We've all had those dark Fridays. We all have those things, those dark moments in which we are confused. And so I want to borrow a message from a pastor, S.M. Lockridge. Now, S.M. stands for Shadrach Meshach. You know a brother could bring, you got a name like that. And you may have heard him, this is my king. Maybe you've seen that, but he has another one that's called, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's asleeping. Judas is betraying, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Disciples are running. The sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter's denying, but they don't know that Sunday is a coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns, but they don't know that Jesus is a coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirit burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning and evils are grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet on the cross. And then they raise him up to the next of the criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you, Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death is won. Sin is conquered and Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday, Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday and Sunday's coming. Come on now. That right there is hope. So your friend you think of that's a mess, your friend you thought of as you were processing, who could I invite? Sunday is coming. 
So I want to close with this. Church, you have an incredible opportunity. In a moment such as this, 2021, no bueno, I get it. But what an incredible opportunity to invite, to bring someone who needs to hear about this hope. The Holy Week begins. What Jesus did changed everything. Imagine this community. Imagine the online community. Imagine everyone coming around not having barriers, but breaking down barriers, not boxing people out, but deciding to bring people in, to invite, include, and help those searching back to God. Don't get in the way of Jesus. Help those come to him. My prayer for Valley Real Life is this, and you continue to be the church that not you want, but what God calls you to be. That you allow God to work in and through the leadership here. I love your pastor, Dan. I've known him, for, I've known him before he was famous. I went to school with him, and so he's such a dear friend of mine. You know, he's going to bring an incredible message that I know is going to change so many lives, but you do, he's going to do his part. I want to challenge you to do your part to bring and invite and bring people, no matter how uncomfortable it is, into the life-changing reality of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your word. And thank you, Lord, that we can look at your word and know what really you are passionate about, what you are angry about, Lord, what you called us up to be about. And Lord, I thank you for just bringing clarity for us in that. But Father, I know there are things in our life that just get in the way that we need to sort through. So Father, whatever barrier that we have caused, whatever way we have boxed one of your children out, Lord, may we just be able to step back and say, Lord, I'm not going to box your children out because they matter to you. Whatever biases and things that we have developed and opinions that we have brought, Lord, may we just put that away and allow you to be the way in their life. Father, thank you so much for this incredible opportunity to be your child and to have the incredible responsibility of telling others about the hope that we have in you. So Father, I pray for this community. May we hear about great things happening up here in Spokane and Idaho and Lord, in all surrounding communities, Lord, that we could see you show up in amazing ways. Father, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the hope and thank you for your word. We pray in your holy, precious name. And all of God's children said,